Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Three, two, one. Hey, everybody, it's me, the Einstein of Wall Street. We are here with Trade Like Einstein. I am Peter Tuckman, and we're here on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange in the balcony. History is made in this building every single day. Somebody with my long-term experience, I've been here for 137 years, it is my responsibility to help teach you how to navigate this market successfully. Boom! contagion and or crisis. Let's talk for a minute. We want to do the breakdown here. Right now, there's fear, contagion, and crisis. Fear, contagion, and crisis. And we've got to address it. The bottom line, it's, it's the, it's the gorilla in the back of the room. It's, uh, I don't even know what it is. It is, it is a problem. And we've got all those things, contagion, fear, and crisis. Let's talk about it for a while. Look. January was a really a good month coming off of the crazy time of 2022. We had a good rally, 11%, double digits across the board, across all indices. And very often you will see this after a really bad year. The first month coming out of the gate will be a little bit of a relief, a relief rally. People who sold off tax uh, uh, selling and or just a really bad year. Let's break that down. 2022 is an absolute challenge no matter what you did. Tech sector got walloped. The whole market overall did. That was in the event of the whole changing of landscapes relative to interest rate raises, and that affected everything. We've done stories about that. But let's talk about January. January, double-digit gain, that's a good thing. Some people said that when you have the first month coming after a bad year, and it's double-digit gain, that that's going to portend what the rest of the year is going to be like. Eh, wrong. That doesn't seem like it's the case. Because as I've said before, we used to be playing with a, a, a different deck. We used to be playing in the playground with a 500-piece jigsaw puzzle. And now we've got a 1,000-piece jigsaw puzzle. February came along, and we had some rallies, and we had some sell-offs. And it was trading within the technical range. And we were still in that raising interest rate landscape. We were trying to get a handle on the fact that we were, it was a disinflation. Were we getting a handle on it? Was the price of things going down? The price of, of, of gas had pulled back, but the price of other things had gone up. Right? This month it was eggs. Last month it was gas. Who the heck knows is going on? As I said, we've got many moving parts to this story, and it's very complicated to unwind. Often markets love to unwind stories from historic data, but I don't believe we can use historic data any longer. We are coming out of a pandemic. We're coming out of a global economy that is absolutely shit crazy. It is. We've never seen this movie. Well, look, I've seen so many movies. I've seen movies going back 125 years. Everything that could possibly happen to a stock, to a market, to an economy I've seen, yet I don't think I've ever seen all the intermingled, all the cross currents, all the madness going on, and surely not the volatility. So February was up and down, trading in a range, and we saw it. Okay, Right. Well, let's we'll, we'll give back a little bit of the what we we made in January. Let's see what March has to bring. Who would have ever thought after that that it, going into 
trying to understand where we were with labor markets. Look, the inflation story is a complicated one to begin with. And we've also talked about this, trying to get inflation down. We've got to do a number of things within the economic mechanism to pull money out of the system. One of the most bizarre things, in my opinion, is we actually want more people not working. The fact that unemployment is at record lows, 52-year lows, is not a good thing for the inflation story because that means people are working, they've got money, they're spending money, and that's inflationary. Okay, I mean, I don't get it. It's so paradoxical in my head. In my mind, you want everybody working so they can afford the things that are more expensive because it is what it is. And I hate that freaking expression. Don't you hate that expression? It is what it is, but it is what it is. Stuff's more expensive. People are better off working than not working. So I don't get that part and I will never get it. I know they try to explain it to me. It's economics. I don't know which great famous old economists figure that stuff out. But for this day and age, that makes no sense. How do I talk to people? We just had a Fed meeting about it. Jay Powell went in front of Congress and said, in order, why are we continually raising rates as aggressive as we are? One of the collateral damages is going to be the loss of 2 million jobs. How do you then address those people who have lost their jobs due to the fact that you're making them lose their jobs to get a handle on inflation? I don't get it and I will never, ever get it. So, all that being said, I'm describing to you what the beginning of this crazy year is, the end of the first quarter, we're coming into it. And then what happens? Just as we thought, it wasn't like just what we thought when it was safe, because there's nothing safe going on. But what I don't think we could have ever, ever, ever predicted at this point. Think back to the crash of 2008, 2009. That was a financial crisis due to mortgage-backed security contango. I mean, it's a long story. I think we've talked about it. We're not going to get into that now. Suddenly what happened last week, today is Monday. A week ago on Friday, suddenly we saw that we look, you've got banks out in Silicon Valley that were the favorite banks of all the startup companies during 2021. Billions of dollars went into those banks. Uh, SVB Bank, Silicon Valley Bank. Okay, 200 plus billion dollars went into those accounts. That meant that they were flourishing. They were thriving. The accounts were robust. The companies were hoping to grow startups, hoping to grow and get revenue and make some money and find some profits. And those banks supported that, hoping that this would be a good story that would end well. It would be a movie that would end well. Eh, wrong. It turned out it didn't end so well. What ended up happening? I'm going to break it down. The economy is going through incredibly challenging times. Things didn't work out the way they wanted. Okay, what is the whole thing? There's a crisis of confidence. Let's go back to that. Fear we know. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Okay, but a crisis of confidence. When it comes to banking, it's all about confidence. You need to have confidence when you put money in the bank that you can go get it, no matter whether it's a dollar, a million dollars, or a billion dollars. When you want your money out, I want my money out. Let's go back to George Bailey. Let's talk about it. That's the worst thing you can do. So what ended up happening with SVB Bank? right? People started, there was a question of their, so we know this too. We know the whole story of how banks make money. They keep your defined deposits on and then they invest the rest. It turns out in a raising interest rate environment, they made some bad investments. They lost $1.5 billion. They went into the marketplace to try and get that money back, to get some support, to find some liquidity because they were fearful they had lost a bunch of money. Well, a couple of people got wind of that. 
Okay, I'm not sure they did a great marketing job of going back into the marketplace in a market that's skittish at best, as saying, admitting that they had lost a bunch of money, a big time investment, asking for money. So some of the big guys, they have to realize some banks have a lot of just retail investors, people with 50 or 100,000 in there. If they took their money out, it would not really affect liquidity. But when you've got a bank where 97% of your depositors are more than a million dollars or 10 million, a hundred million dollars, if they get squeamish or skittish or fearful or have a crisis of confidence and they start pulling their money out, first time ever, the largest withdrawal of money in 10 hours, $42 billion was withdrawn from Silicon Bank once people got scared in 10 hours. We've never seen that back in 2008. Yes, there was billions of dollars taken out of the marketplace and out of banks over like a three, four month period of time. But in 10 hours, $42 billion was withdrawn. What was that? Crisis of confidence, problem with liquidity. That bank ends up failing. So contagion, crisis, and fear. So that kind of makes people think, wow, I didn't think that could really happen. It's been so long since 2008, 2009. Well, I thought we had put some things in place circuit breakers or whatever, regulation or something, so that we would never have this problem again. Are we selling bad stuff? Are, are, are we betting against ourselves? Are we making bad investments? Is our risk portfolio significant? Is it sound? Are decisions being made that are correct? Because when I put money in a bank, I need to know that I can always get that money out. Fear, crisis, confidence, okay? And contagion. So one bank fails, another bank fails, signature falls down, Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall, an absolute huge fall. That one's done. And then all the other small regional banks, right? You've got the big guys, the JPs, the Fargos. This is not an endorsement of anybody. I'm just giving you the breakdown, the JPs and whatnot. Then you've got regional banks. Regional banks tend to be their neighborhood banks in a kind of a way. So they may be investing. They may be taking demand deposits from certain sectors that is more favorable within their business model. We saw that out in Silicon Valley. A lot of their money was startups. Signature Bank, a lot of their money. And the other bank, I can't even remember it now, the crypto one, Silvergate. That one went belly up too because of what's going on, had been going on with crypto. So I say this all to say that there is com there's a crisis of confidence, there is fear, and there is contagion. So what's going on? So you got SVB going down, you got Silvergate going down, you got Signature going down, and now all the other regional banks are wondering. We have to go to the FDIC to be able to satisfy so many of the investors who had a quarter million in those banks that failed. We have to go to the government. I believe that their balance sheet just rose $189 billion of small banks seeking liquidity, going to the Fed to protect them in case the same run happened. Okay, and then you've got contagion. You've got all the other small regional banks. People are wondering, like, so these guys must talk to each other. Maybe they're using the same investment strategy. Maybe they're using the same risk strategy. Maybe they're buying mortgage-backed securities and... um Oh, yes, and treasuries. And in a raising interest rate environment, these are not good investments. So maybe some of the other regional banks, and there are hundreds of them around the nation, people started looking under the hood there. People started to wonder. People started to have a crisis of confidence along with fear and the possibility of contagion. And that's where we are here today on Monday. The contagion went all the way to Europe. You have Credit Suisse, one of the biggest banks in the world, surely the second largest bank in Europe going belly up, getting taken over, not taken over, taken under. They closed trading at $1.98 on Friday. They were taken under over the weekend for half of that. It was trading at a dollar today. I know a lot of young traders came to me and go, hey, wait a minute. I think, uh, uh, 
Credit Suisse can't go any lower. It's down from $8 to $2. I think I got to buy some. Well, they bought it on Friday. It's trading at half that price. Contagion, crisis. A confidence is going. There is contagion within the banking sector. We're sitting here on a Wednesday. And all the banks, First Republic, one of the favorite banks in the country, was trading in the, the high, high 80s, uh, high 80s, even $100 a couple of weeks ago. It was trading at $12 today. Okay, it was trading at $12 today. The possibility of contagion. They're looking under the hood. Now everyone is being examined. All the banks, what's their risk profile? Is it sloppy? What are they doing wrong? Look, it's all about risk. Hedge funds, banks, all have risk managers. They're out there investing money. They know that they have to support their depositors, but they have to take risks to make some money. But what are they doing with that? Are they dotting every I and crossing every T and checking every friggin' box when they make an investment in a market that's gone wild? Fear, contagion, crisis, okay? It's absolutely wild. So First Republic, down the tubes, $12, nothing against First Republic, but they are suffering from that crisis of confidence. Signature gone, SVB gone, Silvergate gone. So let's talk for a minute. So where are people putting their money? So I don't know if this is the end of the story. I think there's a lot more that we don't know than we do know. I think they're going to be unwinding and opening the, the hood on every friggin' regional bank and seeing what they were invested in and if there are any other needs. We heard wild, crazy rumor that 25 planes flew into Omaha over the weekend. Who lives in Omaha? Warren Buffett himself. CEOs on planes. This may be a wild conspiracy theory, but I like the idea. Asking for help, small regional banks, problem with liquidity, going to the big guy who's a friggin' smart guy who made a big bet on Bank of America when they were going in trouble. He bought some super discounted uh, preferreds in Bank of America, which he held for a while, ended up making a lot of money on. At this point, when things are this skittish and this crazy and people you thought knew what they were doing don't know what they're doing, you got to go to the smart guy. Shirley Warren Buffett is one of those smart guys. I trade like Einstein. I know I look like Einstein. I'm not friggin' as smart as that. Money News Network, I love you. So let's talk. And this is how I'm going to wrap up this story. I'm throwing a lot out there. I'm talking about crisis. I'm talking about contagion. I'm talking about fear. And this is happening in the market here on a Monday, a Monday in the middle of March. We're coming to the end of the quarter. And just when we thought nothing worse stuff could happen, worse stuff happens. There's nothing worse than a banking crisis that could be national uh, uh, and international. And we're seeing it unwind in a big, big way. And that means that we are in trouble. And what does that mean? That scares the retail guy. That scares the rich guy. It scares the banking guy. scares the risk guy. So where are people peeling? their money. And I'm not endorsing any of this. We've had the largest, biggest week in gold that we've seen since 2020. What does that mean? Gold used to be a hedge against markets that were going down. It's hard currency. It's got value. When markets sell off and people don't know what to do, they buy gold. And that's what's happening here. I'm not recommending any of these things. I'm trying to analyze the blockchain, the ledger, where things are going. Money coming out of banks. We saw a lot of it today. The whole sector is getting beaten up. Even the companies Think about this. Even the companies that are the, that could benefit the best from some of these banks going under are giving some of these banks that are about to go under the lifeline because they don't want, they want to protect the sector. Because if the whole sector falls, Humpty Dumpty had a massive fall and it can't do anything good for anybody. Money going into, um, crypto also, right? We've seen the largest rally we've seen up 10% in the last week. Okay. So look, crypto came along and this is something I don't know that much about, but I read about it recently. 
I heard about it. Let's be honest. I told you I don't read. Okay. But in 2008, the creation of Bitcoin was a function of having digital currency when people stopped trusting the banks. Crypto's obviously been under attack for the last couple of years. However, the largest rally we've seen in crypto for the longest time has happened in the last two weeks. Where could this be happening from? People are going into gold and people perhaps once again with no trust for the banking industry are going into digital currencies like the Bitcoins, like the Ethereum and whatnot they've had a massive rally. This is the breakdown. I'm not recommending anything. I'm trying to get some sense of it. The more I talk to you, the more sense it makes to me. I hope I'm not confusing the living heck out of you. And that's all I got to say about that. Money News Network, trade like Einstein from the balcony at the New York Stock Exchange. It's Monday in March. Have a great day. Trade Like Einstein is a production of Money News Network. Trade Like Einstein is hosted by the ever-energetic Peter Tuckman. Trade Like Einstein is executive produced by Morgan Lavoy. Thanks so much for listening. Check out moneynewsnetwork.com for more podcasts.